0: Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Words podcast. We are entering into the 18th week in Ordinary Time, and the Gospel uh, helps us to start looking at what we have learned and heard uh, up to this point, and now we are deepening our uh, meditation and finding new ways in which we can answer to the invitation of God to become more and more like His Son. I wish you well, and let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God, and we pray. Draw near to your servants, O Lord, and answer their prayers with unceasing kindness, that for those who glory in you as their creator and guide, you may restore what you have created and keep safe what you have restored. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus heard of the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. The crowds heard of this and followed him on foot from their towns. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, and he cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples approached him and said, This is a deserted place, and it is already late. Dismiss the crowds so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, There is no need for them to go away. Give them some food yourselves. But they said to him, Five loaves and two fish are all we have here.' "'Then he said, "'Bring them here to me.' "'And he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. "'Taking the five loaves and the two fish "'and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing, "'broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples "'who in turn gave them to the crowds. "'They all ate and were satisfied.' And they picked up the fragments left over, 12 wicker baskets full. Those who ate were about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. We take another step as a Christian community and individually and as a church, we are moving closer and closer to Christ as we understand better and better what it means to be a disciple. We are beginning a new section of the gospel and therefore after spending time meditating on the parables, now we are seeing the practical part of these teachings. And last week, you remember, there was a particular question that really helped us to enter into the Word. And the question was Jesus asking the disciples, do you understand all these things? They said, yes. We have to answer ourselves. We all must answer that question. Do you understand? Do we understand what those message, those parables were about? And you have to understand this that the whole discourse on the parable started and it helped us to understand what it means to make the choice to follow jesus to be a disciple what it means to deny oneself pick up the cross and follow jesus what does it mean to value what god values to love whom god loves because that's what Picking up the cross helps us to understand. We now are beginning to make ours the mindset, the values of God. But we also learned last Sunday that all this helps God to fulfill his plan, the plan that he had all along, that we want, he wants us to become more and more like Jesus. And we have to understand that the only way in which we can become Jesus is by being fully ourselves and live out our baptism. So I become more and more like Jesus by being truly myself. And you know what the end result is? You know what the word we use in the church is for this end result? It's to become a saint. It's the universal call to holiness which means we have to become really faithful to who we are, live out truly who we are, and that helps us to become more and more like Christ. Of course, we are children of God, meaning that we are guided by the Holy Spirit, we live according to the gospel, and we enter into this transformative journey through the sacraments, okay? We cannot make it on our own. Are we there? Now we have another question that helps us to, under, to enter into this next part. Knowing all that we heard about what God wants to accomplish with us. Knowing how he wants us to do it. You remember the parable of the seed. He spreads the seeds everywhere. But some soil receives the seed better than others. And that's our responsibility. We have to respond to the invitation. And remember, since the days of Adam and Eve, one of the major tendencies that we have as humans is to display responsibility, to displace responsibility. It's not my fault, it's their fault. Okay, sometimes we hear it and there is this new thing in the church, you know, if the church had better priests, the church, the parish would be in better shape. Well, we say the same, we don't write a book about it, but we say, the same. well, if parishioners were better, we would have a better parish, you know. What is it? It's, always, it's what happened with Adam and Eve, do you remember? When God told them, asked them, what did you do? Adam said, it's not my fault, the woman did it. She gave me the apple. And the Eve, what did she say? It was the serpent. Me, good, the serpent. You know, we tend to displace. I can do it, I'm good if they were not for the other people. Well, they are there. So we have to deal with our responsibility. And in fact, what Jesus is telling us to do is that each one of us is responsible for one's own heart. And therefore, if we are not willing to do certain things as disciples of Jesus, at the very least, we should not expect other people to do it because we are all in this together. Amen? Now, it, it goes against the culture to talk about this because the culture out there, he's telling us, always blame somebody else because it's always somebody else's fault. Did you notice? It's in the news. It's whatever it is that we're talking about. Even, you know, some people have not even started yet. They, they're already bad because they belong to the other group. Not so with us. We who are denying ourselves and picking up the cross to follow Jesus see things in a different way. I am responsible for the the field of my own heart and I have to do whatever it takes to make sure that the seed of the word of God falls down and bear much fruit. Because Jesus was going in that direction, he's now experiencing even more rejection than he experienced before. A lot of people who followed Jesus left him. The leaders... Religious leaders and political leaders are rejecting him as well. And Jesus begins, this gospel passage begins with another form of rejection. John the Baptist died, was killed. I think we all saw the movie. We know how it happened, right? There was a dance involved. It was a beautiful thing. Okay. So now Jesus understands and he makes us understand that sometimes rejecting the plan of God to the point of being right and follow one's own desires And that's what really caused the death of John the Baptist. Really may kill our ability to listen to God. We must always make sure that the field of our heart and of our mind is clear. Otherwise, we may confuse the word of God. We may confuse somebody else's word for the word of God. You remember the parable that we heard, the the wheat and the wheat. There is always that tendency that we may confuse the Word of God. Okay. Now, we take another step. And we understand. Now, there is another question, as I said, that really should guide us. Knowing all that we know, now through the prophet Isaiah, we hear God saying, Why are you wasting all your energy and all your attention for things that do not satisfy you? Wow. We are made to desire certain things, okay? As human beings, there are certain drives in us that always make us to go farther. But when we are confused, we are spending, we are placing a lot of energy, a lot of attention on things that really don't matter. How can we find out? Well, let's pay attention throughout the day. What is it that fills our minds the most? That I have a friend of mine that he has the news on the entire day. And it's the same cycle, you know, they just beat the dead horse, you know, all these sorts, but it picks up a lot of that negativity. It makes me wonder. Understanding the news, knowing the news is good. Doing that all day, maybe not so good. Some people can handle, some people don't because they become negative. There is that kind of anxiety. What do we think about the, the entire time? Where is our attention going all the time? And Jesus is saying, God is saying to us, focus on something that is more important. That is what I'm going to give to you. And now we hear in the first reading, God almost sounding like a merchant. Have you ever been to um, visit a place in the Mediterranean basin? You know, Italy, Greece, uh, France, whatever. You know that there are those markets. Okay, where people just scream in order for you to pay attention to them in order to find their uh, good, okay? Uh, it, it's, whenever you go, there is a cacophony of sound like, uh, you know, you get... But, but it's beautiful, you know, everybody's trying to get your attention to look at their, product, their produce or whatever. And God is doing the same says, All who are thirsty, come. All, you know, come without pain. Don't worry, come and get wine and milk. Bizarre combination, but hey, it's fine. You know, God is trying to get our attention. And as we are looking at him, he said, look at what I have to offer to all of you. And it's free of charge because it's my love for you. And St. Paul reminds us that this love that God has for each one of us is so strong and is so powerful that nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from it. We should be doing the, 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 the way we should be jumping up and down right now, right? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So we say, well, you know, I'm, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. Well, that's something you're going through, but nothing has the power to separate you from the love of God. But there is one thing that can separate us from the love of God. Our answer to God's love. God will continue to love us but we can move aside, we can move away, we can reject it. What can we do? Well, look at this. We are now seeing in the gospel how much God really wants us to enjoy the life that he gave us and how he wants us to become aware that what he gives us is truly satisfying. The parable, the parable, the, the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and the fish is probably one of the most powerful and well-known stories about Jesus. And it's so, it must impressed them so much that it actually appears in all four Gospels. Okay? And in one of the Gospels it appears twice. He really liked it so much that he writes it. You know, he does it twice. Okay. But uh, well, what's going on? Has we learned from the parable of the sower... Even in this situation, people were following Jesus. First of all, what happened? John the Baptist died, and Jesus wanted to take some time to grieve, and he moves away. But people find out, and probably they thought that Jesus didn't have feelings. It was okay. He didn't have to spend time by himself. He just lost John, right? So they continue to follow. And when Jesus looks at them, he's moved with pity, with compassion. And he says, okay, I need time alone, but there is a job that needs to be done. Let me continue to show them that nothing can separate them from the love of God. And he ministers to the sick. But then guess what? Between the the healing and the, the, the teaching and the things, it gets dark. And even though it's springtime because there is grass and the daylight is longer, they still are now in a situation where they do not have food and somebody has to provide for them. Touching to this story, there is an attitude that the disciples portrayed. They are tired and they are hungry. They want to go home. So they go to Jesus and say, shouldn't we dismiss the people? Look at them, they are so hungry. You know, when people go, sometimes, uh, you know, you're on the phone and the other person says, well, I don't want to bother you anymore. You know, I know you're busy. And you go, no, I'm not, I'm good. like, no. I really want to go, you know, but you can't say because it's not polite to that. I'm tired of this conversation. I want to hang up. But that's what Jesus, that's what's happening. And what happens? Jesus turns things around and says, you give them something to eat. What? Jesus says, we need a miracle, but I want you to be involved. Give me whatever you have. It happens the same with the story of the, multiplication, of the changing of the water into wine. Jesus will never ask us for wine if we only had water. But he says, bring me the water. Now we have a situation and Jesus says, what do you want me to do? I want you to be involved. Give me what you have. Well, but I'm here, but I'm there. This is what's going on in my life. I, you know, I cannot really minister in the church. I cannot really help you with being a catechist. I cannot help you doing this or this or that. He says, give me whatever it is that you have, and we are going to work with it. And this is a wonderful thing to keep in mind. We're not just spectators in the family of God. We are part of the family, and everybody has to do their part. If somebody's really good at doing something, do it. If you're not really good, do whatever you can. We do whatever we can, and when we offer him the meager gifts that we may have, he's able to change things around and create a miracle. Isn't that wonderful? Because that's what love does. Love involves. Love allows people to be part of the action. And what happens... They all, and I love that sentence in the gospel, they all ate and were satisfied. The word satisfied, you, you understand that this is exactly the answer to what we hear in Isaiah. Isaiah was telling us, why are you wasting time for what is not satisfying? And now in the gospel, we realize that people were satisfied with what Jesus gave them because he fulfills our expectation. The word satisfied means to be full enough and you know so happy because you're full almost close to gluttony okay it's a little bit like after a very good thanksgiving meal okay you, we eat so much and then you sit on the chair ah oh, you feel satisfied you know like it. this is good you know somebody could come and say you know there is an asteroid falling destroying the earth well what can we do you know you're satisfied you're good you know it's a good. Time. that's what god wants us to experience in Him and with Him. That feeling of life is full and this comes from a gift that He gives us when we participate and help out. So what is the challenge for us? The challenge for us is understanding. Well, first of all, where do I find my satisfaction? What do I need to change in my life so that we I can remain focused on what God gives me rather than what I Or somebody else gives me and what really satisfies me, and how can I help the family of God to spread this wonderful gift that God wants all people to have to become aware that nothing can separate us from His love? I hope you felt inspired by the gospel to offer to God all that you have, whether it's small, big, awesome, little, and uh, make sure that you offer it so that he can use it and uh, bless other people. Because only when we do that, we really can become aware that we are part of the network of providence that he has established uh, for all people of the earth. I wish you well, continue to pray for me and know that I'm praying for all of you. God bless, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.